Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Well, this program, listeners, is for you. No matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to, Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. You're listening to part two of three of this very special episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum featuring Bill Kennedy. But what you're kind of, what you've kind of hinted at here with the Obamacare uh, situation and the exchanges is that states really have kind of a backdoor, uh, what I would call kind of a passive aggressive kind of way of, of nullifying things of the federal government without creating a big firestorm, and that's by just refusing to do things in kind of a quiet way and uh, sort of sitting back and seeing what happens. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the state version of civil disobedience of an individual. Uh, just saying, no, um, I'm not going to do that, you know. And you're not really trying to force your hand and just saying, you know, I'm not going to comply, I'm not going to... Uh, you know, make a big fuss about it. I'm just not going to do this. And you just continue to go about your way of, of uh, running your state the way you see fit and uh, leaving the federal government sitting out there trying to figure out how they can force the states to it. That's, that's the problem. Most people don't understand. The federal government is big. The federal government can do a lot of things, but the federal government can't get a lot of these done without the cooperation of the states. And if the states just don't cooperate, it makes it almost impossible for the federal government to get away with a lot of things it does. Um, their biggest thing that they hold over the states is money, and that's usually how they bribe them into doing things uh, that the states should know are, one, unconstitutional or, or at least uh, not in the best interest of the state. So... The next object, of the next program that we talked about was obviously very important uh, to all of us, and that's Fourth Amendment issues like the Patriot Act, NDAA, uh, and all of that kind of surveillance. Uh, what's, what is the Tenth Amendment Center doing uh, along those lines? Um, again, we're working with uh, several different organizations. Uh, Panda is one. Um, several others uh, across the country 
I know uh, that's a big issue uh, with the uh, Republican Liberty Caucus and some other groups um, that people just don't understand what the NDA uh, provisions that were in there. There there seems to be continual uh, talk about, no, they don't um, set up indefinite detention. They don't have where the military can come in and um, arrest uh, American citizens in the United States and hold them indefinitely without trial and without actually being able to see a lawyer. Um, But whenever bill or amendments are proposed to those bills to say that that's the fact that it does that they can't do that uh, they are always uh, voted down and even though uh, the president when he assigned it he also did a signing statement saying that he would never do that whenever it was brought up into a court and the um, they were trying to force the, the NDAA um, to be overturned uh, you had the federal government under Obama's direction saying, no, you can't stop us from doing this, even though they said they weren't going to do it and that it was impossible to do under the, uh, the direction of the uh, provisions of the NDAA. I remember, so have- I'm sorry, I re- but I remember that when the NDAA was renewed for 213, there was an amendment proposed specifically that would prevent uh, the detention of American citizens uh, and have, having their habeas corpus rights uh, removed, and that was defeated uh, before the NDAA was uh, passed again for 2013. So I would agree with you. I think that it, it's blatantly obvious that the government desires to retain the rights uh, to declare an American citizen uh, null and void, so to speak, whether it's through the NDAA or the Expatriation Act or whatever part of that uh, war on terrorism or whatever kind of program that they can declare you a terrorist or declare you a non-citizen and then act to uh, sequester you away without counsel. Uh, and that's part of the act. And uh, we know it's there. So what is the Tenth Amendment Center trying to do about that? Well, like I said, we have been working uh, with uh, several different groups. Uh, we've worked up several different pieces of model legislation. In fact, most of our model legislation, if you'd like to, you can always go on the TenthAmendmentCenter.com website, and up there at the top there's a tab that you can click on, and it will show you a lot of the different model legislation for Obamacare and DAA, um, um Second Amendment rights, a bunch of other different ones, Agenda 21 and so forth. And uh, you can see some of the model legislation that we've set up. But basically, legislators, all they need to do is fill in the blank box where it says the state's name, and they can submit it. So that's a big part of what we do is is trying to work with uh, state senators and uh, representatives uh, to introduce this in the state legislatures uh, to protect the citizens of the states. So that's that's our biggest push in, in the education involved in, in talking to the uh, state representatives and governors and trying to do that. So the NDA is a, another big one that like we have to fight because we have a lot of people out there saying this could never happen in the United States, but then they seem to forget what happened under an executive order during the Second World War when you had American citizens who just happened to be of Japanese descent that were interned for the duration of the war. 
for no other reason than they were of Japanese descent. They had never committed a crime, but they were interred indefinitely without trial, without going to court for any reason. So it can happen, and it can happen again if we don't do something about the NDAA. You know, I think that that is, I think people are kind of ignorant of history, uh, and I think what happens is because history is cyclical, something bad like that will happen. An executive order that incarcerates those two or 300,000 or 400,000 Japanese citizens uh, on the say-so of the president, uh, that happened. That's a fact. You can't deny it. We can't deny it. That is something that actually happened in our history. And yet people nowadays either don't know it or even knowing that will say, well, that can't happen here. And that's, that's why we get into trouble is when we ignore, we, we ignore what has happened in history and dismiss it as some kind of an aberration. For me, I think the federal government wants more power. The people who run the federal government want more power. They're willing to do anything to trample on the Constitution, to trample on the rights, the God-given natural law rights of individual American citizens in order to achieve their aims and their goals. And we sit back here, most of us, just ignoring the fact that it not only has happened elsewhere before, in Nazi Germany, in Russia, in Cambodia, in communist China, but it has also happened here in the United States. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum right after this. Absolutely. That, that is something, like you said, it, it, it's an education process um, that we try to do a lot of. We, like I said, we write articles. We try to keep people informed of, of what is happening and what has happened because that, that's something that the founders gave us. They just didn't come up with the idea of how we should set up our government uh, out of thin air. They went back and researched all the different types of governments that had proceeded and the pluses and the minuses of each to figure out what would be the best way to actually set up a government that would infringe the least on citizens' rights. The only problem with that is you have to stay informed. You have to know what's going on. You have to continually watch what goes on in the government. And unfortunately, people have slowly stopped doing that. They don't understand the Constitution. They don't understand what's going on in Washington. And I think a lot of that from the perspective of Washington uh, politicians is they prefer you not know what they're doing because, like you said, they, uh, they're they always looking to expand their power, and that's not just the, the uh, representatives and the senator and the president. The, the uh, Supreme Court does the same thing. They've continually expanded their power into things that they were never meant to have authority over, but they gave themselves the authority and so they aren't doing their job of being a, a check on some of the things that the, um, that the um, national legislature and the president have done. Well, you've touched on a very important point, as that is when our founders wrote the Constitution, they were aware of what we understand as natural law rights. 
whose natural law rights are ours by dint of our humanity. They are not things, they're not rights that are, and privileges that are given to us by a government. They belong to us. And the founders were very specific that the Constitution was written to protect and secure the natural law rights, life, liberty, and property, uh, that are ours by dint of our humanity. Uh, so that's how this Constitution was written. What you also touched on, which is very important, is that the, that the coin of freedom has two sides. There's individual freedom on one side, but the other side is personal responsibility. And you cannot have true individual freedom unless you also have personal responsibility. Now, the founders understood that. They understood that there was a moral basis for the freedom that they secured and protected for us by the Constitution. And that, unfortunately, is what's slipped away and has allowed the government to become so intrusive in our lives. So what, we're, what you are doing in the Tenth Amendment Center and what we are all trying to do on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum here is to educate people that there are responsibilities to citizenship. There's, uh, that is the personal responsibility that's necessary in order for you to be free. But I would challenge you as, a, as the Tenth Amendment Center is you need to get this message out to people who are not listening. And that is the question. How do you do that? That's a question I think all of us need to try to figure out how to answer. Um, unfortunately, a lot of cases, I guess, if we don't have our own reality show, <laughs> we're not going to reach some of these people. But there are more and more people that are coming around um, they catch enough of the news, even if the news sometimes is a little on the bias side, uh, to know that things just aren't quite right. They're not quite the way they used to be when they were growing up, and they're starting to wonder why um, 2010 was a, basically a watershed year for um, more and more people coming out and, and starting to get back involved in politics and I think more and more people are starting to wake up now. I think with the um, re-election of Obama, um, we've got more people that have gone through a little bit of a spell of being dejected about him being re-elected. But then again, you have more people now saying, okay, now what do I do? Because obviously um, sending more people up to Washington isn't, hasn't changed anything. What can I do on a local basis? So. That's kind of where we're standing now um, with your show and numerous others getting out there and discussing this with Tea Party groups, 912 groups, Liberty groups, Republican uh, women's groups, men's groups, uh, Democrats included, because there are things that uh, we do that uh, even the, uh, the Democratic Party uh, stands up for, too. And we've got quite a few that... Um, agree with us on the NDAA. There are some other issues that uh, don't uh, make some people happy uh, that are a little bit more conservative, like uh, uh, medical marijuana that uh, gets some of the liberal groups to decide uh, with us on. And But it all still goes back to the Tenth Amendment and following the Constitution. So that is something that we all need to um, work for, like I said, on, on the education part. So we're trying to get it out there as much as possible. Um, we've, um, that 
part as far as like on Facebook, Twitter. We try to get on all of those. In fact, you can follow us on all, all those different scenarios. And uh, like I said, we, we'd love to be back on your show uh, anytime you have a question. But we're trying to get the message out there any way we can. I think it's important that we do get the message out, not just to the people who would naturally agree with us. Uh, and I think there is a large group of people who are older, who really understand um, the way America used to be. And you know, you know the one thing that probably separates generations very importantly in this is I think there's a divide between people who lived through the Cold War and people who did not. When I was growing up, it was very apparent that there was a major difference between the Soviet Union and what their citizens were living through and what we were living through in this country. Our lives here were so much better, and we were free. And they were not. And we knew that. We knew why we were fighting communism. We knew everything about it. We grew up with that fight. We now have a generation of people who are younger, and who don't understand that there is a true risk for living under socialism, that socialism is not this utopia that they've been promised, and that it really does lead to the loss of individual freedom, which, until you've lost it, you really don't know how precious it is. I agree. There, we're getting into a, a situation where we have... Uh, almost a, a mentality of expecting things to be given to you and they don't see the downside. They think, well, it's free. It's free. You know, so I'll, I'll take whatever I can get, not knowing that uh, whatever you're giving can easily be taken away. And unfortunately, the first thing that's taken away is more of your freedoms. Uh, you get the little, little benefits that you may get, you're going to lose something. That's why we go after states so much about accepting the money from the federal government, because once you do, you give up some of your sovereignty as a state. And that is one of the things that a state should never do. And once it starts down that path, it's harder and harder for them to turn around and say, okay, I've been going along with this for years, but now I'm going to say no. It's a little difficult on their part, and the same with with people. Uh, they've they've gone, come to expect more and more from the government, and, and the government wants it to be that way because it empowers them. Dependency is very empowering to the government, and you know we've been talking about the NDAA, uh, a really a gross travesty on freedom and, and the Constitution, and Ben Franklin said, of course, that those who would give up uh, freedom for security get and deserve neither. And I think that applies. Uh, and it, it's hard, you know, people to need to understand that as part of being a, a member of a free society that there are risks. And those risks have to be accepted because the, the jewel, the, the reward of freedom is so important that you have to accept those risks. And not everyone's going to be successful, not everyone's going to succeed, but you need to have that freedom to make of your life uh, whatever you can. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com.
The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Thank <laughs> you. 